Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Next up, Lou Jerry and Pincer Zach. so much easier than cutting. I should just try to get the ball in one shot every time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast, a podcast that is always from the back tees, and we're happy to be part of the debut day, Zach, of FromTheStadium.com, right? I'm Jerry Lou. Oh, yeah. Zach Pencer here. Big day. Finally got to launch it. Very hectic because we got a whole lot of writers and only one editor. So, <laughs> No, ab- absolutely. Like You're getting a lot of good uh, livestock in your stable there for sure. But as of immediately right now, Nolan will be sliding into second uh, just like uh, he did a couple episodes ago. We'll talk about that in a second. But Zach, we got a guest. Who would it be? Oh, yeah. We got a big guest. One of my buddies, we went out in Florida. Hopefully we get to go out again soon. And he's caddy for one of our frequent guests, Sebastian Kaplan. It's Ed Alton. Ed, hey, guys. Good to, good to be here. It's good to see you, Ed. So, uh, you. We've never had you on the pod. Somehow it's never nope. worked out. Well, I guess you're moving, moving back or back and forth a lot? Back and forth a lot. I mean, I live down in Columbia, so I'm down here now. Obviously, everybody's on hold now with, uh, with work. I came back six weeks ago for two weeks and been here. God knows who long. Who knows how long I'll be here now, but that's fair. get back at it to be, true, to, be, you know, to be truthful. Well, so long you as know. you and yours are safe, I mean, how's the situation? Situ- obviously, we don't hear from Columbia what's going on. How's the situation down there currently? It, it's good. I mean, we're in total lockdown, total quarantine. Um, so, well, 25 days ago, you know, there's helicopters out there with the military saying, do not leave the house. You know, I'm allowed to leave the house two days a week. Tuesdays and Saturdays are my day. What they do is just basically the last number of your ID. Um, they let three, three numbers out per day just to go to the grocery store, and that's it. I mean, there's no flights mm-hmm. internationally. There's no flights nationally. There's no buses. You can't take your car on the highway. Um, you know, you can't even go to the grocery store unless, you know, except for the two days a week that you're allowed out. You're only allowed out of the house alone. But, you know, there's only 112 people that have succumbed to coronavirus so far and not that many, many cases. Hmm. So hopefully we can get out of quarantine, you know, before some of the other people, you know, uh, are able to get out. Not that that's going to mean any difference for golf, but maybe I can get out of the house anyway. Yeah, yeah, baby steps in. Uh, baby steps exactly, all the time. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess let's let's talk about it real quick before he gets in here. Nolan sent us a text saying uh, he uh, he said my boss won't leave. I I thought that could mean like four different things, and none of which really had anything to do with each other. I was thinking of his wife. I was thinking of his dog. I was thinking like did did, did Nolan get his first period or something? I mean, and that's, that's just right. a weird euphemism. I mean, that's right. So, Mistress, so, even who knows? Like. Yeah. Could be. <laughs> oh no, no one's straight laced. He's a he's a good man. Uh, he would, he would <laughs> um, Just trying to stir the pot. <laughs> oh, hey, that's the. I think somebody's always. Yeah, uh, we're definitely jiggling the pot around at all times. So, uh, exactly. so yeah, maybe. Um, oh, and also before I forget, we're glad if you're watching us on YouTube right now, and if you're listening to us and not watching us, please like, subscribe, do both. It, it, I mean, like I tell all my friends, you don't have to watch us. Just subscribe. 
just subscribe, like, and then go about your day. Like, you, it doesn't, like, you don't get extra notifications or any BS. It's just, you're just helping a brother out. That's all. Yeah, so, hey, you're looking sharp for uh, YouTube. I don't even know if you knew it was on YouTube. I usually forget to tell people that, but. <laughs> well, I was just thinking to myself, it's the first time in a week that I've shaved or even washed my hair. So just glad yeah, you guys asked me. me to come on. No haircut, no shave. I think I'm going to yeah, not shave until the quarantine's over. I'm considering getting uh, frosted tips just because it would be funny. No kidding. I mean, everybody's going to have like a man bun by the time the quarantine's over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once so I get I'm the wearing, man bun, though, it's done. I'm, yeah. I'm wearing a hat. My girlfriend gave me a haircut. Not in that order, but you're looking at me right now, so. Hey. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Are you not no, going to the hat off? There we go. Hey, yeah, looking good. Those are frosted tips or just gray hair? Oh, gray, man. I'm a smoker. Yeah. And it, it is creeping up like faster and faster. But at least, at least I like to say like, the we're, we don't have a retreat from the eastern and western front here they haven't like decided to retreat back up to the That's north right. so, so we're doing okay at, in my gray hair is still hair <laughs> it's, it's pretty silver isn't it yeah even you noticed it good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. wow. so i guess we'll get to a little bit of golf question so i've known you only since you've been on the bag for sebastian how did that all come to be and were you working for someone else before i was working for um I worked for a lot of years for a guy named Stephen Thomas, Canadian guy who has been um, sort of toiling down on the, on the Latin tour, Canadian tour for a long time. He's actually the son of my best friend. And I've been living down in South America for a number of years. And he asked me to go and my best friend Grant asked me to go and caddy for his son, Stephen, who had been traveling down Latin America and helps out a lot when you can speak the language and, you know, you can go and stay and, you know, $20 a night hotel rooms instead of, you know, $200 a night resorts kind of thing where they, where they have the tour, the Latin tour staying. And um, I caddied for him for a number of years, uh, sort of just down here in the Latin tour. And then he was hurt. And last or two years ago, the first tournament or the first couple of tournaments of the year in like Panama and Bogota for the corn ferry tour. And I was living in Bogota at the time. And I said, well, Stephen was hurt. So I said, well, I'm just going to fly over to Panama with no bag stood in the parking lot and of course being north american i was you know sort of a head taller than everybody else in the parking lot and i was the only one who spoke english head so I, just waited there for the, <laughs> I just waited there for the bus to come off ed you're and, such a uh, nord <laughs> had a job in five minutes with scott langley and oh. uh, he hired me for the first two events the the panama and bogota event back to back and lo and behold scott goes out and wins the event so uh you know, that was like everybody actually hated me at that point because, you know, right out of the gate, we win, uh, win on the Corn Ferry Tour. Went back to Bogota, and I was just going to do those two events. And he said, hey, you know, we won. We got to go back to, uh, back to the U.S. And I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. You know, I live in Bogota. I'm in, in heaven down here. I'm just waiting for my buddy to get better, and I'll go and caddy for him on the Latin Tour. He goes, oh, come on, come on. I'll make it worth your while. And I was like, okay, well, as long as I'm having fun, I'll just I'll go back and do it. And after, I don't know, about six weeks or so, he, he ended up sort of firing me. But uh, he was a great guy. He ended up helping me find other work. He had told me that he was going to probably fire me after a couple of months anyways because he just does that to everybody. And uh, that was just sort of his modus operandi. And in that time, I'd met Sebastian. And we got together halfway through that season a year and a half ago. And we've been together for two years now. It's been, it's been great. He's such an easy guy to work for. Um, He's super nice. He's not, you know, he's not demanding. He's not a 
It's not a jerk, which is, I don't want to say unusual, but um, it is. But well, what's the, what's, what's are, the what you'd say is a jerk out there? I think even when guys necessarily aren't a jerk to you, they're maybe almost more of almost a jerk to themselves. Some of the guys are so hard on themselves that they create an environment that maybe isn't that much fun. And yeah. Sebastian is the absolute total opposite of that. So he's great for me because I'm always super positive and, um, you know, keep sort of fighting till the very end. And I'm always looking on the bright side. I'm always having fun. And lots of guys don't seem to be having any fun. And he has fun most of the time, you know, just like, just like anybody else. But uh, we have our moments. But um, he's really easy to work for. So I've got the best gig on the PGA Tour as far as I'm concerned. And now two years in, we still get along great. He doesn't get very doesn't get mad at me very often. So <laughs> obviously something's clicking. It's all good. Yeah, and he's he's been playing some incredible golf. We first we hadn't even heard of him. I guess most people hadn't until that opening round. What was it, sixty five or sixty four on Tory's at, uh, when we were at the started out the year in um, in Amex there, and. Uh, I mean, he had a sixth-place finish in Amex, and we started the year off great. And then the following week, had that 64 and was leading the tournament the following week at, uh, at Torrey Pines. And that was an incredible golf round. And to shoot that on the south course was that – was, that was unbelievable. I just got out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's how we got like, in wow, touch with it. That was pretty awesome. That's what I did. I'm like – this guy just shot a 64. No one could even shoot like a 66 on the north course. I think he, I think he shot – I think he – yeah, somebody else shot 64 on the, on the north course, and he beat the field by three shots on the south course that day or something like that. It was – Smoking. Was yeah. When he gets it going, he just – he really gets it going. These guys, like, these guys are best, wild. You said it best. The best part is just getting out of the way. Like, I mean, just essentially, I mean, it's like whenever I caddy for a good golfer, I like doing less and it's like having a toy where it's just like, oh, I just point them in the right direction and tell them the yardage. And then you just oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, that was, that was such a great day. Like you say, you just, you get out of the way. It's harder when the guy's almost scraping it around, you know, because then you're, you know, every shot's just like, exactly. We just get the yardage and I just shut up and smile. And you just, you know, when you're scraping it every time, it's a pretty easy game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nolan, welcome aboard, brother. How are we doing, guys? I'm hey. uh, happy to show up here. Sorry I'm late. Oh. Are you no, late like every week, Nolan, or what? <laughs> <laughs> Starting to make it a habit, Ed. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too, man. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I unlike everyone else, uh, my work has been continuing. So, well, not everyone else, but there's a fair amount of us who are still working. So uh, that, unfortunately, uh, takes precedent. So even though, uh, actually, hopefully this does. Well, hey, no, good for you that you're working, dog. I mean, I, I can't, other than you and my mother who works security for the convention center up in Portland, and there are like bare bones, just security staff right now. I can't think of too many people who are, I don't have any friends who work at a grocery store, so I don't know who's, well, my girlfriend's employed right now, but she works in the medical field, so. Mm. Oh, there you go. Yeah, medical field and grocery stores. That's about it. Maybe a vet. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Not very many places to go. Before we get to some uh, some stories from the course, do you have any uh, opinions on when the tour is going to get started again? I got a. I, I I personally just have a really bad feeling that's not going to start. 
for a long time. And I, I'm not basing that on anything other than just a feeling. I mean, I look at the schedule that they've, you know, tentatively we're supposed to go back like in, you know, the end of May. I mean, there's no way that's going to happen. Uh, you know, three weeks later, we're supposed to be in Toronto at, at uh, um, St. George's. There's no way that's happening. I mean, there's not going to be any Canada Day stuff in Toronto. Nothing's going to be happening in Toronto until, until at least July. So that's going to definitely be canceled, even if the PGA Tour is back on. Um, hmm. I don't know. I got I just have a bad feeling. I, I, I would hopefully we could get back in July. I think that, to me that would be like best case scenario would be that we could get back. Of any sports that could go back, maybe it could be golf because they could do golf without, you know, without fans. Um, you know, like it was funny. I was like looking at something the other day, like the basketball. They're saying, well, we could do it without fans. I said, well, if it's not safe for fans, why would it be safe for the players? Because the players touch each other, they're they're all you know right there. How would football players hit? How do basketball players box out? I mean, if you're supposed to be six feet apart, then you know basketball would be pretty boring. Sign a waiver or something that that they don't care or something, or yeah, exactly, or they quarantine the entire league for. Well, it's two it's weeks. called it's called the UFC. They're doing it right now, right in front of us, essentially. Like either, I mean. You know, you sign your life away or you make sure you're clean. So, yeah, it's not always something unrelated. Uh, and I was going to ask you, are you in touch with really anybody currently? Uh, whether it's like, I mean, just what's what's the overall, I mean, is the overall attitude kind of similar to yours or is it a little more optimistic? What would you I say? I think other people are maybe more optimistic. Um, but I think people are still, I mean, you have to be pragmatic. I mean, you know, everybody, in the, it seems like in, in, even in the States, like now, most places have announced that through May they're going to be, you know, social distancing and things of that nature. I don't know. I mean, even if there's no fans, it's they're going to have to have some work that's going to have to go into getting the courses prepared and certain things set up, you know, to, I mean, I don't know, maybe with no fans, they can, you know, we can just show up and go like they wouldn't have to put ropes up, do anything, I guess. Like, yeah, well, they wouldn't need they wouldn't need many staffers if you have no fans. It could literally just be like as if you guys are playing with each other. And but they always but they've always played golf with grandstands, though. How can you make how can you completely literally level the playing field for that'll them? help exactly. everyone except for Tiger? So it's great. Exactly. Sometimes you want to hit it off the grandstand, you know, and hit it back into play. You know? Yeah. I'm always curious to see what happens if a golfer cooks one 40 yards over the green, except it doesn't go 40 yards over the green on the path and 60 more yards. It, like, stops right there 20 yards past the green. It's like, I mean, it, it is what it is. I've never really had a problem with backstopping. I just always thought, like, it would be interesting to see a professional golfer play, like, a wide-open course just just in case they happen to, like, sizzle one right over the green. It's like, oh, I just hit my wedge 200 yards and we were 120 out. It's like, yep, you got to go. You got to go over the green and hit that golf ball now. I mean right. – yeah, I mean, you can hit it 70 yards to the right or to the left or something like that and hit it behind a grandstand and get a free drop, get, you know, right back into play. So sometimes – I don't have a problem with that, though. I, in terms of the letter of the rule, I don't have a problem with if you're yeah. – like, if you get a free drop from the grandstand, I'm like, well, yeah, the grandstand's there. What are you going to do? I mean, that's kind of – and, and we're going to have people watching. So, I mean, most of these guys are good enough. They're not, they shouldn't be bouncing off them anyways. So. No, I, they don't – that hardly ever happens. It's a good strategy, nice. though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's an excellent strategy, Zach. I, that's why I think, like, and, and uh, Ed, I don't know if uh, Zach's caught you up on this, but uh, uh, Zach's an aspiring mini tour here player. And 
And if any of us were to have a chance to play with some backstopping around, I tell you what, I would try to hood a six iron off the side here and there just for fun to be like, let's have a little trampoline. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Everybody, I mean, even if, if you're going to go out and play in an event, like even if you're in a pro-am, I mean, I, when we're in pro-ams, I like encourage the people in the, in the, the amateurs to go ahead and hit it in the stands. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, that for one. Also, Jerry does not give people context when he says that I'm trying to play on a mini tour as if, like, I'm really trying to make it. I am not a good golfer, and the goal is to shoot better than 100 over par through the three rounds. Oh, 100 over par. And Reed's planning to come out and caddy, so he'll intimidate everyone. Right, so nobody's going to give you a bad time. Look, Zach, I think if yeah, you, no, if you pure context. If you, Zach, if you make any more steps than us, that's what I would define as aspiring. I mean, you're you're taking way more action than there, any of us are. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm going right. to shoot, like, the worst round in mini tour history. If you, you don't shoot know a hundred that. over you'll beat me, that. I'm not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Man, now I feel bad. It's like, no, you don't know that. I miss something to that does remind, that reminds me of a time, though, we were down – I was with my buddy Steve, and we were, we were playing, and he had to Monday qualify for an event in Nicaragua. And we Monday qualified. It was a perfect qual Monday qualifier because there was eight spots available and only two guys in the Monday qualifier. So, Zach, even you could have made it. But um, speaking of which, 100 over par. <laughs> and we literally, the funny part is, I don't know why we actually had to play the Monday qualifier. It was at a different course. We were in Managua. And the, and the tournament was actually at a resort like two hours away from Managua. We had to play the Monday qualifier. And the guys from the PGA tour were there and they said, all, all you guys have to do is just finish and don't screw up your scorecard. And which in and, of, in and of itself seemed bizarre. So the tournament wasn't even fully subscribed because it was, like I say, two guys for eight spots. And the other guy who we were with in the events in the Monday qualifier did not break a hundred. No way, no way he broke a hundred. He was just a, a businessman from, from, I think he was from Honduras. But at any rate, then we go and play in the event, and we're paired with the guy, lo and behold. Not a surprise, the two Monday qualifiers were in the last group. He shot 120 or something like that and actually ran out of golf balls halfway through the round and had to send his caddy running in, because we were on the eighth hole, running into the pro shop in order to buy golf balls at the pro shop because he didn't have enough golf balls to even get through nine holes. But anyways, that was, uh, that was the longest uh, golf round ever. So, Zach, 100 over through three rounds, that's – that's uh, not too good either. I'm looking at your finger. You got like a mustache on your finger. That's pretty great. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Howdy. How you doing? Shout out to Caleb. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Finally, the people get this. It hurts. Thing. It hurts. <laughs> that because you can't grow grow one, Jerry, or what? Ooh. It's because I'm not allowed to grow one. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're right. Sorry. I, I should know. You know, tomato, potato, same thing. <laughs> tomato and potato those are the same thing <laughs> wait so is that a thing that actually happens like decently often that there'll be monday qualifiers with less people qualifying less people entering than that qualify on the latin tour yes that's happened quite a bit i need to get out there screw the mini i, know, tour. I remember I on the there, was a time, there was a time like uh and some of the courses that they play on the latin tour are really good they used to play teeth of the dog which is in dominican republic and two years in a row, my buddy qualified to get in there. And it was like, and I think it was 10 guys for 10 spots. So, you know, you're basically in the, you know, you're in the event. And I remember thinking, Jesus, just like $250 the Monday qualified. You get the worst that happens. You get three rounds of teeth of the dog and practice rounds. I was like, 
you know, it's $350 just to play the golf course. And, so I'm saying I might have to reconsider. Exactly. But for you guys, it's from the back tees. You know, I wouldn't want to play there from the back tees. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, I might need to reconsider my strategy. It might be cheaper than a Monday qualifier. It's probably cheaper to go Monday qualify sometimes on the Latin tour. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's cheaper than a, than a mini tour. That's right. And even if you don't get in, you're going to still have fun. You know, you'd be in Latin America. So that's right. Uh, yeah. Have a good week. It's true. How long ago did you move to Colombia? I moved to Colombia just three and a half years ago. I'd lived in Ecuador. I moved away from Canada, I guess, seven and a half years ago, lived in Ecuador for three years and then moved to Spain for a year. And then moved when I moved back to South America, uh, moved to Colombia. Have you always known well, that you wanted to move around? Yes. Yeah, I kind of felt like I wanted to do that even when I was – I remember living in Calgary, going to university in Calgary, and it was minus 40, and I was pumping gas thinking to myself that there had to be something better than this and uh, figured and <laughs> that I'd get the hell out it. of there as soon as possible. It took me 30 years, but anyways, I made it. What, car, what part of Ecuador did you live in? I lived in a place called Salinas, which is on the coast about 100 kilometers – west of Guayaquil. What's that in relation to Manta? Manta, it is about a three or, four hour, three or four hour drive further south. Okay, yeah, go because Manta's up by Colombia, that's right. Manta, I, yeah. I worked on Manta for a few days and it was a good time. Yes, <clears throat> Manta's great. <laughs> and in between there, there's a place called Montanita that is off the rails. I mean, Montanita is a black hole. You go there for a day and leave three months later. It's pretty fun. Right on, right on. Yeah, but South America is great. I love it down here. Yeah, I've never been. I don't know if you guys have ever been. Zach, I'm sure there's plenty of stops on the mini tours that are out of this world. Yeah, there may be. Currently, the mini tours are being uh, put on DraftKings right now. So that was really my chance to get into the daily fantasy sports world as, a, as an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty okay, fun. Drafty, so we could so we could bet we could bet it on you and, and would there have to be like a an over under of a hundred over par for the three days and we could bet over under on that? No. You know, I, they, draft, they are getting it there in side bets and like live betting down, so who knows? There's a chance. When I do enter, I'm gonna find a way. I'm sure one of our like fourteen thousand followers works at one of these betting places that could make some line for us. It That'd will be awesome. This will be my first uh, my first betting bet rigging. Yeah. Sorry. Well, it's not rigging. I don't know what I'm going to shoot. <laughs> it's a, it, we, we'll call it the stroke, sha- the stroke shaving scandal of 2020. The stroke shaving <laughs> scandal from, from the back tees. Perfect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sounds like a tongue twister. Uh, <clears throat> so do you Sorry. have any uh, – we're looking for good stories because we've completely ran out of golf material outside of the obvious. So yeah, we're just no doing a run-through of stories. Well, some good stories. I'm just trying to think, like – you ever run across Anthony Kim at all? That's always like the, the one lure I want to throw in the pond. No, and I, I would actually – it's funny because I always, for whatever reason, think about him. I've all, I'm a rookie on the PGA Tour, so I did the two years on the Corn Ferry and then was really just caddying for years for my friend. Gotcha. Uh, so, and, and really, and like, you know, like I say, I almost started at, by accident. I was just – you know, it's an hour flight from Bogota to, to Panama, and I was like, well, if I don't get a bag, I'll just go to the beach, you know. Who – you know, who cares? And uh, haven't missed a tournament since. It's been two straight years. And I actually love it. That's why I said I'd keep doing it until I don't like it anymore. And 
and it's super fun. I'm trying to think like some of the stories, like best story or best place that I've been so far. Like I couldn't, I cannot believe what Phoenix is like. That place is off the rails. We were there. It was my first time there. It was uh, Seabass's first time there. Oh, we were out there. Like we get to the 17th hole and the, the Adidas reps are there and they give Sebastian a bunch of swag to throw him to the crowd, including some shoes. And uh, he threw some shoes into the crowd. And then this guy grabbed the shoes, shotgunned a beer, poured it into the shoes and was like chugging beer out of the shoes. And that was all over his Twitter account or whatever. That was pretty cool. Savage. <laughs> we were when we were there as well he hit it so there was one hole i guess i think it was the sixth hole and it was friday afternoon friday afternoon it's probably like in fahrenheit like 80 degrees it was a gorgeous afternoon every single like the, everybody there is drunk except for the golfers and the caddies and i don't even know if all of them are completely sober but uh sebastian hits it sort of behind these porta potties on this one hole into the desert perfect it doesn't have that far to go it's, he only has like 100 yards to go but the porta potties are in the way so he calls over a rules official. We're trying to figure out, you know, where we can get a, a, a favorable drop. As it turns out, the best place to drop was just, just to leave it where it was and, and I hit the shot. So meanwhile, when all the, the finagling was going on with the rules official, everybody's around drinking having a good time. And they're just saying, hit it, just hit it, Seabass, just hit it. And then, so finally Seabass just hits it and he hits a great shot and he stuffs it to like six feet. The crowd goes nuts and this guy goes, Seabass, you've got a massive schlong. And, and we're like, what the hell? I was like, that was great. Then we come up, sure as hell, he drains the pot. We go to the next hole, and he hits it over to the right. And these guys are now following us because they're like, they're all, they, we were talking with them while we were waiting for the rules official. Hit it over to the right, and these guys are just smashed and right up against the ropes and hits a ball, hits a good shot on the next hole as well. Throw it to the rough, and they're like, hey, we need some autographs, we need some autographs. He goes, Sebastian says, you know, after the round, after the round, I'll you know, sign whatever you guys want. And he goes, will you sign my wife's, you know, boobs? No, I thought <laughs> you were going to say dick. Whoa. He's like, no, I don't think my wife would like that. He says, anyways, it, was, it was pretty funny. It was like, shit, this place is great. And, you know, we're having fun with that anyways. And, uh, yeah, that place is nuts. I mean, there's a couple hundred thousand people a day in there. It's insane. I think well, that's a uh, must-go-to next year. Oh, oh, yeah. It was, yes. Yes. And then, you know, make sure you get some, you know, some passes from the guys so you can get, you know, kind of in there. Cause it's like, there's so many people and it's almost like, it's like the Yogi Berra thing. Like shit, nobody goes there because it's too busy, you know, it's, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, but uh, yeah, so, yeah, it was super fun. Well, I was going to ask you, Ed, I mean, that, that sounds like a pretty cool moment. Can you think of a moment that was more exciting or a or more crazy shot or situation that a sea bass pulled off before in the past couple of years? Well, the bet, I mean, certainly like when if you go back to the corn fairy tour he won last year on the corn fairy tour in raleigh we started the day started the last day four back and uh he bogeyed the first two holes and i remember we were after the after through the first two holes and i remember i was so hung over that day too it was uh i was just thinking to myself oh god this is just not gonna be a good day how often does that happen having your your caddy hung over is that or see that's all the time. Or the golf. Well, it depends on how many. It depends, it depends if you make the cut. I mean, two rounds if you don't make the cut, and four rounds if you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't really happen. That, I mean, that often. But just it turned out that week that, that I'd stayed with some locals, and they had a big, big party on uh, the Saturday night, the night before the the final round. 
And when I say I was hungover, it wasn't that hungover. I mean, we didn't have to play till one o'clock in the afternoon. We were in the I was gonna say, the yeah. last group. <laughs> but uh, I remember thinking to myself, we we're on the second green after he just bogeyed. We we're waiting for the other guys to tap to putt out. And at this point now, he's five, you know, he's five back. And he goes, God damn it, Eddie. He goes, I, I, I just knew this was going to happen. He goes, now we're going to go and make seven birdies, and I'm going to end up losing by a shot. And I just looked at him, and I said, well, shit. I said, go, let's go make seven birdies and just go see what happens. And, uh, well, he didn't make seven birdies. He made nine birdies in the last 16 holes, and we ended up winning by, you know, winning by two. And that was just like. I mean, there was another get out of the way, you know, kind of day. Just made everything he looked at, and and uh, it was it was just great. I remember uh, being on the 18th hole, and he had actually had to take some breaths because there was you know there was water there, and he was like, I have got to slow my heart rate down. I got to slow my heart rate down. I go, man, just hit it like you've been hitting it all day, you know. So really, he owes it all to me for you know saying that, I guess. But <laughs> it was just unbelievable to go make those nine birds. But I remember him saying that. It's like, God damn it, he goes, I just knew that was going to happen. And uh, I was like, well, let's, uh, you know, let's go do it. And that was, you know, that was the same tournament. So we always do yardages together. And it was in day one, um, somebody needed a ruling. One of the playing partners needed a ruling. So I went ahead and got the yardage. So I count 14 paces off from the, uh, you know, from the sprinkler head, do the math. And, of course, it was supposed to be 14 minus because I walked up. Well, I did 14 up. So, of course – when I do a math error, why couldn't it happen when it's like three paces from the sprinkler head, not 14? So anyways, I'm out by 28 freaking yards. <laughs> and at any rate, we just air mail the green. And we go, oh, geez, boss, you must have caught a flyer. I'll tell you, boss. <laughs> get over the back of the green. Here's and call I, never that get so, and we, I never get that. We always both get the yardages. We always both get the yardages because – Almost every round, one of us will do, will, will do that. He'll do it or I'll do it. So we just both get the yardages, and then we're, we, we don't make a mistake because we'll correct one another. Well, this time I got it because he, he went away. And uh, we just get over the green. We're 40 yards over the back of the green. And he just says, uh, he goes, hey, dude, that was an effing bad yardage. And I'm just like, you know, yeah, I, 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 yeah for sure it was. I mean, I'm really sorry. <laughs> He got it up and down. It was day one. So I was like, you got it up and down. And of course, he proceeds to tell everybody on the next tee that I gave him a bad yardage and it wasn't really his fault that he hit it over the green. I'm like, oh, thanks for, you know, thanks for hanging me out to dry. Throwing but, you in the uh, <laughs> then we went on to win the tournament. So, you know, every, I told him I was going to give him a bad yardage every week. Yeah, that's uh, something but, I feel like. And that, you know, that's, that just goes to show you how great of a guy Sebastian is. Too. Like, everybody makes those mistakes. Everybody makes those mistakes. But he, I mean, he, you know, he, he cursed at me, but, uh, you know, and I just said to him at the time, I go, you know what, I'm really sorry, totally my, my bad. And he goes, don't worry about it. He goes, let's just get this up and down and then we don't have to worry about it. I'm like, you know, what a great sort of attitude to have, first of all, you know, to not be mad and then, you know, just to go, hey, let's just, you know, he knows I didn't do it on purpose. So well, you must have been pretty out. worried though when he went for the oh, up and down. God, I was like. When it was all happening, and, and I, I really didn't realize until we got to the back of the green that, that it was the bad yardage. And then, of course, you know, we realized that it was. And, uh, you know, and, and he, he, wasn't, he wasn't angry at me, so I was, it was great. I'm sure he was probably angry at me inside. but You're like, you so. better make this. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm like, please get this up and down. Oh, please, oh, please. <laughs> and he did, so it was all good. 
one thing I always wonder, like, I know when I went to, uh, what was it, to the Honda and I was following around Reed and Hubs, I'm watching, yeah. I have no, like, bet on Hubs, I have no, like, financial gain or anything, and every single time he would go to putt, it was, like, the most nerve-wracking thing. Do you oh, get nervous no. at all watching these guys putt? Oh, my God, I just die inside sometimes. It's like... Um... Like, I know how good he is, but it's, it's like I'm more nervous. I'm more nervous to watch the guy putt. Any golfer that I've had, even some, even some of the other guys in the group, I'm more nervous than if I was putting it myself. Yeah. You know? I like, those, those guys doesn't get nervous. Reed's like, oh, I don't exactly. care. It is what it is. Like, I'm like, how the yeah, hell can I, you not be nervous? I, I, think Reed, I think Reed's a rare bird, honestly, in that regard, Zach. I think he's one of a kind because, I mean, like, I've heard it from Kip Henley, and Ed can probably echo this. It's like, all these guys are in charge of your paychecks, and, and other than you providing correct information, you don't have a fucking say in what you earn that day or that tournament. Not, like, not one thing you – you don't strike a single golf right. ball. I mean, yeah. it's uh. – Exactly. I mean, I wouldn't be nervous. I know I would miss, so, you know, it's easy enough. <laughs> yeah, like watching the, like, seven-footers must be, like, a whole new way. Those of- are the ones Those are the ones that, that, that just get you. You know, the, yeah. the three-footers or the two-footers, you know, you know they're going to tap them in. But, uh, yeah, those seven-footers, you're just like, oh, my God, this, you know, this, this could be it. This could be it. There's a lot of money those- that's going to swing here. And all those greens, obviously, it's, you're playing, like, the top shelf of all the greens or whatever in terms of, like, uh, conditions and speed. I mean, I still like to think I played a couple of greens that might have stemped out at 13. They were probably just 11. But, I mean, it just – like, it's like the Richter scale. We just really don't know what it is, like, some of those numbers, I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have no, you have no idea. I mean, the courses of every week are super. You know, they're really good. Okay, yeah, so they, that's they, refreshing to hear, though. So that, that when I come out to watch Sebastian, at least I'll know I'm not the only one. I'll be like, ah, Ed's shitting his pants, too. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> like, hey, you see his caddy over there? He's pretty nervous. Yeah, that's right. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> You're like Chris Farley in, uh, in, in, uh, in Billy Madison. Like, I know from experience. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, um, real quick. Uh, Nolan, uh, get a question teed up if you got one for uh, for our man here. I got to get some uh, housekeeping out of the way. Um, we're happily, but not more than just a golf website now, as Zach kind of alluded to earlier. We are now an all-encompassing website called FromTheStadium.com that covers everything other than just golf. We're still going to try to keep this pretty golf-oriented here, but now we're just one tentacle on a 16-tentacle octopus right now that's cranking out not even just sports stuff, but I mean, we got entertainment, we got everything's humor based, you know, nothing serious, but everything's accurate. It's a lot of fun. And also still use that promo code from the back tees. If you're going to buy a head cover at gorsegolf.com. great head covers for my buddy crazy over there. They're half the price of all that expensive stuff and they look twice as nice. The email as always, even though nobody uses it is fdbtpodquestions at gmail.com. And, um, again, the, the important thing is, um, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We really, really, really appreciate that. And um, I'll save my GoFundMe for the my personal moment for the very end. But uh, Nolan, what do you got for Ed? Yeah. Um, so being a caddy, you get to see and see mainly all these like amazing courses you're talking about. Um, is there like ever some that you're like, oh man, I just really wish I could play this one? Like it's not, you said, have you played? Uh, was it Teeth of the Dog? Is that what it's called down in? Yeah, that, that place was great. I mean, you know, that's on a Latin tour event. Um, that course is great. I would have loved to have played. Well, I mean, the week that we were in Pebble Beach is awesome. You know, we were playing Pebble Beach, Spanish Bay, and, and uh, Monterey Peninsula 
country club. I mean, how awesome is that? And we were with uh, the two amateurs in our group was uh, Larry the Cable Guy and Ray Romano. So we had big crowds with us and there was, God, it's got to be hard for those guys because they're trying to be, you know, funny, like for seven hours a day, you know, three days in a row. And it's like, it's, you know, it's impossible. And they're trying to make golf too. And they're and terrible. They golf to boot, don't they? And I caddy for Ray Romano. Golf to boot. There's lots of people there. And they're I caddy for Ray Romano 20 years ago. He's, he has, I heard he's not gotten better. I, yeah, I, I yeah, he's not. Everyone's just yelling at him like, hey, say something funny. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, they're always saying, say something funny. Give me a selfie. And, and it's, you know, a lot of the same, uh, you know, the same stuff. But they were, you know, they were, they were super nice guys. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean. See, you got two guys on a perfect end of the spectrum there because you got Larry the Cable Guy where all he has to do is be like, all right, get her done. And then he appeases one side of the crowd. And then because Ray Romano is who he is and self-deprecating and hilarious, somebody will be like, hey, Ray, give us something. And he's just like, ah, we just start shuffling yeah. around in his head. It's like, because that's what Ray is. Like what you saw on the that's, TV show is how Ray is in real life. He's not a jokester or comedian. He's Ray Romano, the human being. I mean. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he, it's a, that's exactly right. I mean, I, get, I mean, Seinfeld's kind of like that. Ray's like the straight man. The other people were sort of the, you know, they'd be funny bouncing off of him. So, uh, yeah, and then Larry the Cable Guy would get her done or go Big Red. But, uh, I mean, like, I was thinking to myself, like, I was, I don't want to say I was sick of it after three days, but it's like, oh, my God, if I was having to say that all the time or do that all the time, I would be, I would be sick of it. So we, we only wish we were so popular we had a catchphrase, but absolutely. Absolute, I think Larry the Cable Guy actually has an easy pass because all he has to do is just be like, yeah, right, 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 and then he just he just has to yell and point at you, and then they'll be like, oh, Larry the Cable Guy got me done, or whatever it happens when exactly. He, he, or I, I don't know what it, I, I don't know what the verbiage is. I don't follow his comedy. <clears throat> Sorry. I didn't know who he was until that week, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was, they, were both, uh, they were both real nice, so. It was, and it was fun. I mean, it was fun to, you know, have some crowds there on, you know, Thursday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday when it wouldn't necessarily have been like that. We had perfect weather this year. So that was also spectacular. But yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to be playing at Pebble Beach and uh, Napa was a great week. I like wine. So we're, you know, had some great wine that week. you know, the golf course in West Virginia was great. The Greenbrier, all the, I mean, oh. I'm only, I've only been to, you know, 13 or whatever events. So, you know, we're just getting started and hope, you know, hopefully we can go play some more. I was hope I, I couldn't wait to go back to the Canadian open and go to. Yeah. Georgia, I, but, I mean, like what about, I mean, it hasn't officially been canceled yet, but I mean, there's just like, there's no way. I mean, you know, the first event back was supposed to be colonial. I mean, that's supposed to be an unbelievable golf course. Didn't we have someone else on who said Greenbrier is, like, super underrated? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, but um, just beautiful, beautiful golf course. Yeah. Great. And, uh, I just awesome. completely lost awesome my dive into the Dive into the archive. I, I know someone who – one of our guests who was on was saying that that was one of their, like, more favorite stops on the tour. Mm, was it a caddy? Because, I mean – I'm trying to think of like how many PGA tour types we have like come on and that and that's like a nice little like you know pinhead right there but I mean because we get a little bit of everybody you know we get people from Corn right. Ferry we get NCAA I mean it's a it's a it's a nice big swath so um oh yeah oh yeah I mean, like, rack my brain too Ugh. what's that 
I'm starting to rack my brain now too. Being like, uh oh, it's only like one of four or five people. And <laughs> no, now, now I remember what I what I meant to ask. Do you guys know where your standings at on the tour this season going into next year, regardless of how things play out? No, I mean, because who knows what's going to happen? I mean, we're <laughs> We're in position 130 right now, and you know, at the end of the year, 125 make the playoffs. Well, I mean, if the season were to end today, I guess we'd be on the outside looking in. I, I don't know, but if there's no, if there's no playoffs, if there's no more tournaments, you know, I don't know. I, I have no idea what they'll do. I, obviously, I sure hope there's some kind of an opportunity for, for us, you know, for Sebastian to, to, at least make up yeah. five five places where we can go and, and, and secure the tour card for next year. It seems like that's, that's kind of the biggest thing. Like when you're a rookie on tour, you're kind of set up for failure. It's very difficult. You don't get into, into all the events that you, you don't, you don't get as many starts as you'd like. And then sometimes when you are starting, you're, you're, you're playing in secondary events. So you're not playing for as many points, you know, money aside, the points is the most important thing. And then, once your category changes, if you're in the top 125, your category changes, and then you'll be able to play whatever you want the following year. So it really is like a big, long Q school for the rookies. Mm. And that's, of course, the category we're in. I mean, you just want to be in that 125, you make the playoffs, and then you see what you can do, but then you're, you're set for the following year. You can basically play in pretty much everything you want. Yeah, as long as you make the playoffs. As long as you make the playoffs. And right now, we would be on the outside on the outside looking in i would assume but i can't see i mean if the season were to just be magically over tomorrow i can't see how that would just be that I mean, no i think there's been way too few events i think they would have to either carry over like everybody and then move people up and just have huge fields next year exactly because i mean part of the part of the equation is, is that the top 25 guys from the corn ferry tour come up and of course well i mean the corn ferry tours only played like half a dozen events so yeah obviously that's not going to be I don't know. It's got to be something. Maybe they'll just go two years, you know, like play all the next year as well and just do that. I, who knows? And who even really cares at this point? Because, you know, we don't know when we can get back to playing. If we can get back to playing, then they'll have some kind of playoffs for sure. Yeah. I'd be very surprised if you have no chance to change your positioning at all. Like if they just say, oh, nope, we're moving on to next year and this is this. But it's, I mean, look how, like, Ryder Cup points go, though. It's like, I feel like that's how Bubba Watson, and I love the guy, sneaks onto the team every year is because the years that isn't the Ryder Cup year, he's, like, gobbling up a bunch of points. And then all of a sudden he goes on a nine-month cold streak, and then we drag his carcass overseas, and, you know, the rest is what we know from last year's Ryder Cup. So, I mean, it's just, I, it, it, we're in a weird in-between where it's like, well, we can't just do one and we can't just do the other, but it's like, well, those are our two options almost on the table. No, I mean, it, or unless we were to invent something out of thin air, which is – I think a lot easier said than done. Otherwise, we would have come up with something now, or there would be a contingency plan in place already. I mean, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a it's a terrible wake up call. It really is, in in many ways. I mean, and and it speaks to you because uh, you're employed in this regard, and it speaks to us because we're fans, but also trying to be like a media head, like sports oriented as well. And it's, everything's been put on hold. So, oh yeah, that's awful. I mean, it's you know, so here we are talking too, and it's great. At least in this sort of a forum, we're sort of more you know, there's a lot of storytelling and stuff, but. You know, it'd be great to talk about, you know, what we're going to be doing this week at the Heritage as well. But, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> obviously, we can't. You know, I was really looking forward. I was really bummed out that New Orleans got canceled. Oh. We were going to team up with with uh, with Hubs, and you know, Reed and I were going to room together and be in the same group together. 
that would have been great. But uh, next year, you know, I guess it'll get sorted out. All that stuff, you know what? We can't worry about it. I, I don't know. I think the players seem like they're better at, at, at like letting stuff go sometimes too than, than the caddies are. I'll, I'll know. Um, I mean, I guess they have to be in order to be good like that. But I mean, you know, after a round, after a round's over, or something didn't quite go their way, or whatever. It, it seems to me like a lot of you watch the good players are somehow able to compartmentalize it and and, and let it go. I guess, like you said, they would never make it to that level, especially in golf, where it's like no matter how good you are, you'll still have those like blow up rounds. Oh my god! And you can shoot fifty nine and then go, oh my god, but I missed that six. Like golf's weird. I missed that six footer on eight. Like, yeah, you know, it would have been fifty. Fifty nine would have been fifty. It seems like golf's like the worst game on earth because you can never like play it to perfection. You're always, even when you're playing well, you you still screw up. But who yeah, wants to be perfect in something? Hmm? Huh? Who wants who wants Pardon? to be perfect in something? I mean, oh, exactly. Unless, unless music maybe, but I mean, you know, you, you got to. We had to have our pioneers. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's great that way because it always keeps you coming back. And those guys, I mean, like, is, I mean, is there a sport where being ADD is actually an advantage? I mean, other than golf, like, <laughs> like being ADD almost seems like yeah, it's like a, it's like a prerequisite to being a good golfer. Curling. Uh, curling, yes. Curling. Or, 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 or badminton. Curling, or badminton. big well, time badminton, ADD. I don't know, badminton's a hard sport. Like, so far, so far we've talked about golf and curling. I think we got to put bowling in there, too, because I think any sport that you can drink while you're playing, Oh, you know, yeah. it is a true sport, right? Like well, that's base, not, baseball's right up there. You can eat and drink while you're playing. I mean, and that's like that's why true. Yeah, like hot dogs, you can eat. Probably you spit those seeds all the time. Or you can just walk into the dugout and, and like have a cigarette and do whatever you want. I mean, come on. I'll bet. I'm sure those guys are in there drinking beers in the dugout in the clubhouse. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> well, that it's reminds me of that Boston Red Sox team who like those pitchers were eating chicken wings and playing Call of Duty on their off days and like. They only got busted when the public found out, or like by the public, I mean everyone who wasn't in Boston. I was laughing, going like, "Hey, that's what I'd be doing if I'm Josh Beckett." That sounds like a ball. I'm an ace. I'm doing it. We're gonna go golfing this afternoon. Josh Beckett. I don't even wear my cleats. I mean, <laughs> don't you think you'd be bored if you were like a baseball player and you weren't gonna play? Wouldn't you get bored, silly? I mean, well, especially if you're starting starting pitchers. Like you, right? When you're not pitching your day, you're not gonna be called out of the pen for any reason. So you just sit there with like your your slippers on and wearing your like your you know, your 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 starter jacket, and you're just sitting on the bench. Scowling. You bring up a good point. I don't even think he, I don't even think he's have to go. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's still Ed. It's still a team sport. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, true enough. <laughs> yeah, there's no a backup way. quarterback in the NFL. That's a job. Backup quarterback that's, is that a, the best job ever. Or what? It's a great job. Yeah, Chase Daniel. Have you guys seen? He's now made like $40 million in his career, and he has thrown like 15 passes. That's right. I haven't even had to clean his uniform in 12 years. He just keeps getting signed because he looks pretty. Behind <laughs> That's, funny. That's awesome. That's funny. Well, uh, as we wrap things up here, uh, Zach, you have a little portion. Share it with Ed real quick because this is his first pod with us. Oh, well, I was, I was very confused at what you were getting at. So Ed should do well in this, although it's pretty difficult, so I doubt it. We've been doing Canadian trivia to try and bring the Canadian spirit on. We've had everyone from Peter Costas to Sebastian to Arjun Atwal answer these questions, and now you will get your shot. Okay. So, for a little context, PGA Tour caddies are 0 for 7. 0 for 7. That's Sebastian is 2-0. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, he's a pretty worldly guy. 
Exactly. He's, well, honorary, he's, maybe honestly, got something he's going a honorary there. Canadian. Yes. So the question <laughs> is, how many Canadian – it's multiple choice. Okay. How many Canadian teams are in the MLS? Is it either two, three, four, or five? That's a good question, Zach. I, I question. I'm running out of questions that are, like, semi-decent. <laughs> This is this is one of the, this is this is my favorite one so far. Just in terms of like, wow, like I, I know you have MLS clubs that were like, I never would have fathomed it was. I mean, hmm. okay, does everybody guess? Does everybody guess? Sorry. Do all of us guess? Yeah, but we're gonna go one at a time, and you'll get okay. to go last as the guest. Okay. Mm, Nolan, you go first because you've tied up for the lead. I'm gonna go with three. Okay. Jerry? Uh, we can't have the same score going into next week, Nolan and I, so I would like to pick – Well, we could both get it wrong. <laughs> and we'll still have the same score going into next week. So uh, I'll take four. Four? Okay. And Ed? I'm going to take three. Okay. So the Canadian teams are the Montreal Impact, the Toronto FC, the Vancouver Whitecaps, and that's all. That's it. I, I was going to say, you think like Edmonton should have a team. They're a big soccer town. but Yeah, I agree. Ed, so you've currently just put an end to the offer. Oh, the caddies are on the board. I knew yeah. Toronto and Vancouver, and I was like, I feel like there's one more, but I totally forgot about Montreal. Gary has gone from like 7-1 and one to 9-10. and 10. Yeah, it's quite the slide. And Nolan did pick a good answer. I legitimately just – I. I, not to say that I, th- I wanted to pick three. I just didn't want to pick the same number as, as Nolan, and he had a better answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Next week, you can go first. So, no, and, Z- and Zach's presentation skills on uh, naming him off, <laughs> that was fucking cold. <laughs> 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 I should have known. I was getting too excited. I was getting way too excited. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited when Jerry gets it wrong because he got them right for so long. <laughs> Also, I know Jerry prides himself on trivia the most out of everyone here. So if I could find right. like, incredibly random questions that I know he has no edge in. It's really I'll still learn something, though. I learn something every time. That's the best part. Like, most macaroni. Exactly. Canadians exactly. have the most mac and cheese exactly. of anywhere. Did you know that, Ed? No, I didn't know that. Now you do. That was the first time. He's a charlatan. He lies, Ed. We should, have, we should have an over-under on how many times Zach and I say A in the podcast. That's true. Oh, we should. I'll listen back and try to figure it out. That's right. Or every time we say, hey, you got to take a shot. <laughs> then you'll get real fucked up. <laughs> true hey, 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 hey. That's right. Yeah, well, before we let you go, well, you obviously know, but next Monday, well, we're recording this on Monday, Monday the 20th, we're going to have quite the show. We're going to have... We, you, oh, sorry, 420. We're going to have you... Reed and Lorcan, along with all three of your players, Mark Hubbard, Sebastian Kaplan, and Ben Taylor, along with me, Jerry, and Nolan, is going to be a complete shit show. Gonna be but a I think it will be our funniest episode yet. <laughs> I think it'll be a great show. The only way that it'll be better is we'll have to do it one. We'll have to do another one at an event, and we're all like sitting in a bar doing it when we're all sitting together, rather. I agree. On the on the iPads. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, of course, we've been doing it this way the whole time, so this is all we know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we could do it all at the same bar, you know, at different tables or something if you want. That's true. <laughs> we don't want to be too social. 
that's kind of a good idea. <laughs> we just yell at each other. There's a that's lot right. of cameras. <laughs> we'll have to get uh, Seabass is, is an old man no more. He's turning 30 tomorrow, too. So we'll have to get some old man river jokes and stuff out for him. Oh, so. yes. Absolutely. Oh, I know it's his birthday. Big news. Big, so, yeah, big uh, news. And 30 as well. So. It's definitely definitely a, an important milestone for a young man. Um, so as we uh, as we as we wrap up here real quick, Ed, is there anything again? Any plugs you want? I mean, do you have a Twitter account? Uh, like, is there is there a TV show you recommend that's streaming right now in these times of being locked inside? I uh, God, you know, it's funny. I'm trying to recommend a TV show. I've watched so many TV shows that uh, well, I mean, everybody's watching the Tiger King. I'm trying have you to seen Tiger King? Tiger King Ed, have you seen, have you seen the, the the better what's better than the Tiger King is there was like a meme or whatever they're called of a picture of Tiger Woods with the mullet hair. Oh my god, that was the really meme. That's my Tiger King. Oh yes, you sent it to Woods. the group. That was incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. That was great. That was great. But anyways, I would say go to the GoFund page for the band and caddies. That's that's where I would go, boys. Oh, yeah. Um, so at, at the time we're recording this, I'm not allowed to say, but at the time you're hearing this, it's perfectly legal. But um, there's real quick, I don't have the link because it's very complicated, but um, the Band of Dunes caddies have finally finagled a panel of 11 of us caddies to represent us through a lot of uh, legitimate and charitable means. And we have a GoFundMe setup. So if you go to GoFundMe and type in the search bar, Bandon, B-A-N-D-O-N, it's the first thing that comes up. You'll see the puffin. And essentially, long story boring, uh yeah they're they're gonna whack it up uh amongst about like a hundred of us that have been working there full-time and another hundred of us who are like part-time or a little bit more they're gonna get a different uh payout but um yeah much appreciated uh zach unfortunately i i jumped the gun early because we as i tweeted it an hour later we got emails and texts from the resort saying don't do that and we're like well you didn't even create this but needless to say um zach had a, a fun thing uh that he had uh promoting it on twitter but we had to take it all down today so Tomorrow, Tuesday, the 14th, it'll uh, be all back up and running. So, uh, okay. Zach, uh, I'm sorry, Nolan, do you got anything you want to share with the class? Oh, sorry. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Go check out from the stadium. Hot, hot stuff coming your way. That's exactly right. Zach, anything you want to mention about that before we close up shop? No, that's all. Go check out the site, and I uh, hope you guys are ready to tune in next Monday because it's going to be a real banger of an episode. <laughs> thanks ed we really appreciate you having you on brother cheers thank you all right see you guys we'll talk to you next time shout out big cat thanks a lot thank you for listening to from the back tees toward the hole and it's in with birdie we hope you enjoyed today's show for more information and updates Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.